Welcome back to the E6 Podcast from Colonial Church, a place for candid conversations about what our church community is learning, what is going on in the world, and how it all applies to our lives. As followers of Jesus, my name is Brooke. This is episode 54, and I'm struggling to talk because uh, we were <laughs> giggling before we hit play. Maybe you shouldn't hit record right, right when we're, we're giggling. <laughs> uh, happy Valentine's Day. Here. Happy Valentine's Day. It's Valentine's Day. That's good times. Uh, last year, we talked about traditions of Valentine's Day. Do you guys have plans? I don't remember what your traditions are. What do you guys do? No, uh, I, uh, I actually was ta- enjoying talking to Jordan and Ron uh, this morning. Uh, we were... <laughs> We were talking about how we love or fail to love our wives well this time of year every year but uh my short answer is my wife is so stinking low maintenance like i i love this about her i if she was someone who was super romantic and really longed to be courted and treated a certain way on valentine's day i would like to think that i would step it up you know uh-huh. But because she's like, man, Valentine's Day, everything's, the flowers are more expensive. The restaurants are more crowded. It's a forced day of romance. <laughs> Can we not do that? That's right. She literally says that. Yeah. So she'll go like, let's let's go on a date, you know, five days earlier and go get coffee. Right. Yeah. Let's go on a date a yeah. week later and just go, you know, go to mm-hmm. a little hamburger joint or, and of course I'm like, yes, I love this. <laughs> So I'm not judging all the people that are much more, you know, intentional on the 14th. Sure. Uh, but no, for us, this is like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Today is Valentine's Day, isn't it? Yeah. We should probably send each other a gift or something. Yeah. That's right. Uh, <laughs> and gift. G-I-F. Gift. Not, not gift. I believe some pronounce it GIF. I have heard that. Is it? Do you know? Is it uh, GIF actually, or GIF? Actually, you, you, you brought up Ron, and Ron was uh, actually in the coding community back in the day and he has told me that it actually originally was a gif i have read that actually but i'm fairly but confident that, now, that right? if you called it a gif now fun of. you would be ridiculed and i think it's one of those things that thrown in the mush pot whatever is right doesn't matter anymore that's right because because irregardless <laughs> of you, whether or not it is a correct supposedly word supposedly <laughs> it is gif but that's right. I'll go look it up in the library, and we'll find out. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what do you do? You have a of it's Valentine's Day. Yeah, no. So we're we're very similar. Um, like we were like, okay, well, this is dumb to try to fight all of the people and the, the expense and the Hallmark cards. I feel like, and, I feel like we're giving into the man. I know, you right? know, just taking us for. So so we've pushed we we pushed back for a while and we were like no 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 we'll just do it you know whenever we'll do it later in the week or the next day or on the weekend before or whatever and um and then it turned into well now our kids know it's Valentine's Day and we started a tradition um I think it was mainly my wife was just scheming back when we had one or none you know just just one kid or whatever and she was like hey you should take your daughter out on Valentine's Day and I'll just you know just just dad and daughter time and I was like yeah okay and then I realized she was like ordering in whatever food she wanted and sitting around watching movies and, and I was in like, heaven oh right so that's what happened then we had a boy and now she's now she has to you know so I'm, I'm like we're getting to the point now that my kids like I'm gonna take the girls tonight and it's gonna cost me more money because oh you're taking the girls out for Valentine's Day right so now I'm gonna go I hadn't and, even thought about that. I'm a terrible gonna, dad I, they're gonna go like they're going to want to go to some restaurant that oh. I normally dodge because it's more expensive. And uh, at least I can maybe get them kids meals or something still. But, but, right. but the, the, the funny thing is uh, Kendrick is uh, he's super excited about it too, because he gets to go and he gets to pick. And so mom has to take him. And so she's, he get, he, he pulls out of it. He goes and grabs his backpack real fast last night. Cause he was super excited. He pulls out this McDonald's like ice cream gift card. And he was like, can we do this? And she was like, "Well, maybe we can, maybe we can go to McDonald's, which he calls Old McDonald's. So maybe we can go to Old McDonald's for dessert." He calls it Old McDonald's. Yeah, he calls that it is Old fantastic. McDonald's. Fantastic, and I love it. And and she, and he's like, mm, "Yeah, yeah." And then we could we could go have dinner at Whataburger. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was laughing at her because I was like, "I'm gonna go have decent food, and you're gonna have oh, that's Old funny. McDonald and Whataburger, and have fun with that." You so. know, you hit you. One, you made me feel like a terrible dad because I haven't <laughs> thought about how to love my daughters well. I'm embarrassed. 
I don't know who is judging me mm. out among our listeners right Sounds now. Sounds like you are. I'm definitely judging me. <laughs> but also, this also makes me think of one of my pastor friends I was talking to recently who said, you know, um, somebody was pointing out how Valentine's Day seems to be so loaded toward the ladies, uh-huh. you know, with the, th- the thoughtfulness that's demanded or yeah, right. at least hoped for from the men. And then my male pastor friend said, yeah, but really all the guys want is chocolate and sex. <laughs> so maybe maybe it's not all about the ladies. Yeah, that's right. Um, I thought that was well put. Just, just concisely, you know, it's a stereotype probably. Well, but. if you're running down stereotypes, you know, it's like how many, how many women are more romantic than men. And so yeah. if you want to go no romance, you've got 360 four other days of none 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 romance <laughs> so, i don't know so I, I will say this i i wouldn't be surprised if i said this a year ago to me these kind of days just like birthdays and mother's day and other you know blatant excuses to be thoughtful um to me the the most helpful thing about any of this kind of thinking that's ever come my way has been the love languages, the the mm. five love languages. Yeah. Because um, I forgive me for saying it over and over again, but I just feel like it's, I hope it's helpful to some people. It, it, we love other people the way we want to be loved. That's just a fact. Like I want to hear words of affirmation. I want to be built up with words and I want quality time in relationships and so, shocker, what do I naturally give to Carrie, to my girls, to other guy friends? I give them words to build them up, mm. and I, I over and over again go, hey, let's go hang out. Hey, let's spend time together. Mm-hmm. When, in my wife's case, that's not her love language. She is what this author of the five love languages calls acts of service, which means she, she runs around doing laundry, cleaning, mm-hmm. uh, making food, um, bringing me something that I need somewhere, uh, physically doing what's called acts of service. And because she thinks that's how you love people, you know? Yeah. And I get frustrated with her cause I'm like, no, don't do that. Just tell me I'm awesome. You know? And I'm turning around telling her she's awesome. She's like, don't do that. Take the trash out, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, to me, Valentine's Day, best case for me is an is a reminder. Okay, oh wait, oh wait, 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 wait. So my wife doesn't want to go out to eat, doesn't want to mm. get flowers that cost three times as much as normal this time of year. She wants me to clean the kitchen. She wants me to change the sheets and do it without even being reminded yeah. that it needs to be done. She yeah. wants me to hang up clothes that I threw on the bathroom floor. <laughs> That's how I love my wife and. And shocker, when I do that, she just just glows. She just floats around the house, yeah. you know? And I just forget. So Valentine's Day, in some ways, is a helpful reminder. Okay, what are my wife's actual needs? How do I, how do I love her well? Doesn't mean I'm going to rise to the occasion. Right. But at least it's put it in front of me. Hmm. Can you relate to that? I, I know we've talked about that yeah, before. Yeah, I mean, uh, of course. I think as long as... I think most most people tend to do that, especially if it's not... If you don't share a love language, then, you know, it's like, well, my love language is this, and so that's where my brain just goes. You know, for me, it's quality time. I want to spend time with with my wife, right? Yeah. And that doesn't mean we have to do anything or or it doesn't have to be anything special. It's not like, oh, if we go on a date, then I feel better. Right. Um, it's just, you know, if we watch TV together or if we even, like, you know, did lawn stuff or we sat by the pool or, or you know, whatever— doesn't have to be anything. It's just spending time together. Well, but her, that's that's but not hers for her. is not quality time, right? No, it's it's gifts what? and service, gifts and, and service. so it's like if I'm not doing stuff around the house, or if I'm not, you know, hey, I, I got you something, and um, you know, then it's like, all right. And so I, th- I think I think all of us do that. We we just don't think through unless we unless we're intentional about it. We tend to just think in the way that we think. Are right? there couples out there with the same love languages? I don't know. I don't know any. <laughs> Like, can you imagine if, so if your say, love language attract, was, right? well, well I, yeah, they don't say that, do they? <laughs> no, I just caught that. It took me like three seconds That's to okay. catch your joke there. 
Can you imagine if your primary love language was physical touch and her <laughs> primary love language was physical touch? That would explain why you have 19 children and never leave the house. <laughs> but that's not the way it is, right? Mm. I mean, I just know so many couples where his primary love language is X, Y, and Z, and hers is A, B, and C. And it's, it's 15, 20, 40, 50 years of, right. of working through that. Right. Because it's, I mean, it's the same thing of any relationship. When you only think about it from your perspective, then, yep. you know, how much of that is just using the other person versus actually being in a committed Sac- you know, self-sacrificing, self-sacrificing right exactly yep. yeah yeah i don't know well happy valentine's day brooke yeah thanks appreciate it <laughs> i didn't get you any chocolate or anything but uh sorry yeah. so the olympics have been going on right we're a week in and uh no they're not well i remember you brought that up last week this is the second time in a week that <laughs> i've right. thought about the olympics yeah. well you I, brought it up i only I only bring it up because I, I didn't was, even know i was thinking about like world records and things like that and I, was, I feel like that a lot of times more of those things are broken and it's like i feel like those haven't been happening very much this time and i don't know what that is uh, but but i was reading i, I was just kind of like scanning some of the news stories or whatever and and two world records were broken this past week. Okay. Two of them. Okay. One was a teenager in Wisconsin. He broke the world record with 32 Jenga blocks removed and placed on top with one hand in a minute. Apparently, that was a world record. Okay, that's actually incredible. <laughs> no, 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 wait, wait. The other one is a dude from Yemen who broke the world record of three stacked eggs end to end, standing on top of each other, balancing on top of each other by stacking four impossible yeah, apparently he broke that can you stack two because like I, <laughs> these, like, these like those weird square eggs they look like regular eggs i yeah right that's right those weird i didn't even know you could stack two weird ends i didn't know you could actually how do you make one um end to end stand up <laughs> how's that even possible i don't know I don't you know. just blew my mind i know so I, I saw both of those and i was like that's incredible so i started thinking i wonder what other things are out there, and so some of the funny ones is like there's there's a, a dude with a 14 foot mustache, end to end. Oh my goodness! Which he it was like he hasn't cut it in like 37 years. I'm like he's he's single. Yeah, there's a dude there's a dude that can spin a basketball on a toothbrush, for one minute and eight seconds. Congratulations! I'm not I'm not proud of that guy I, at all. It was in his mouth, so I don't know. I, I don't know. Oh my goodness! Um, there's a guy that can balance 79 spoons on his body. He's standing, and all of these spoons they look like they're just kind of like stuck. You know, you used to put one like on your nose. Yeah, and it hang. Yeah, 79 spoons. That was weird. A dude has 3,500 toothpicks in his beard. There's a 17 foot hula hoop that was spun around a female. Like she, she. All of these people are single. All these people, <laughs> and I'm not disparaging my single friends out there. Right. I'm saying these people are definitely single because, <laughs> because, because. So there's the, the, when, when do you have time <laughs> or the capacity? Who, try, who thought? I wonder how big of a hula hoop I can. Make. And how long does it take to get to that place? I'm with you with the dude in the in the spoons. Like, come on, what 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 are you doing? Or a 14 foot mustache? I feel like, like that guy fell asleep. And his friends started like he's. Oh, the, it was a prank. <laughs> it was a prank, and they just like. Oh. The bad news is you got pranked. The good news is you're in the world book of records. Yeah, exactly. Guinness uh, is here. There was another one. So this guy did 36 consecutive pull-ups with his pinkies. I was like, that okay, is wow. That is insane. I'm not messing with that. And guy. that remain that reminded me of uh, of 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 our friend Clint Newton who did who broke the world record yes. of of behind the head pull ups or chin ups in or, a minute or something. Yeah, something like that. And I was like, I, I, my He's body a doesn't even man. My body doesn't do that. Like yeah. So yeah, balancing <laughs> seventy nine spoons on my his goodness. body. Uh, you know, if you if you were gonna break a world record, mm, what would you break? If I was gonna break a world record, or you're gonna set a you're world completely record, completely put me on the spot there. Um, I am. Yeah. Do you have any talent? No, no, I have none. <laughs> if I was gonna break a world record. I couldn't come up with anything for myself. The only thing I could think of was like I could be the world record holder for decent at the most things without being good at anything. 
<laughs> Without being awesome at this, I can be great. I can be good. We do call you our utility infielder right. here on the, the Colonial baseball team. That's right. I don't, um, I don't know. That was all I could come up with. I don't have any other great well, skills. Well, I, I misunderstood your question at first because you're actually asking what I could do to set a world record. Yes. I my My brain first went to... If you could set any world record, what would it be? And okay. I, my my brain right away was like, I would want to have flown faster than anybody else. Wow. Okay. But obviously, I I can't. You fly can't fly a plane, so that's not going to happen. <laughs> but that just pick the wrong. Profession. I think of the old movie like the right stuff. You know, that's capturing um, uh, Chuck Yeager. You know, breaking speed record after speed record after speed record. That's a great old film, by the way. Um, but. He was, you know, just a. It's kind of like a modern day super stunt man. He's like just on Evil the Knievel. edge of dying, you know, yeah. just because he just was chasing that thrill. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, you looked at me funny. You never saw the right stuff. No, it's a great. I'm telling you, this was my. Uh, this was my. Don't do anything to make you feel old. Face. No, it's but it's timeless because it's it's uh <laughs> it's based on true events uh, yeah, of right. the beginning of the space program, right? And Chuck Yeager's. You know, ongoing quest to set record after space sure. speed record after speed record. The cast is incredible. Um, everybody who's anybody was in it at the time. It's really well done. I don't know. I haven't seen it. Sorry. You would like it. I yeah. promise you. Okay. Every once in a while, I'll just have this pride moment of <laughs> uh, my young friend Brooke needs to see that film. <laughs> <laughs> there are those out there. It's, it's entirely possible. Yeah. The right stuff. Okay. So the Super Bowl was last night. Yes. Yes. This is Monday morning. This Super Bowl was last night. Well, not and, only and with your fast. Yes. So you 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 talked about fasting from TV, but you were struggling with how to still be involved with community. It, it wasn't a struggle for and me deal last with the night. Super Bowl. It, you know what was a gift? If the Cowboys had been in the Super Bowl, or I for some reason had just really cared. You know, one of my good friends was you know on one of the teams or something. That'd have been a struggle, but. I don't care about the Rams or the Bengals or any of the players. Um, I wasn't that interested in the game itself. I was probably even more interested in commercials and halftime show. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was just, I was very freed up um, to go, you know what, just be with people. So I went to actually several different Super Bowl parties and just bounced around just to see different friends. And... um, did not guilt myself when I <laughs> looked at the television, uh, but I also missed. Oh my eyes! My I missed eyes. huge chunks of the game because, yeah. and and I missed a, probably most commercials because I was just. You didn't miss much. Yeah, was there was there a commercial that everybody's talking about? Two or three. Um, I mean, there was too a, soon. Maybe there was a couple good ones. I'd have to go back and like rethink. I didn't because usually just, there's three or four that my everybody's favorite. like. My favorite was like a, a crypto coin wallet commercial. Okay, and it was just a it was a uh, a QR code on the screen that just bounced around like the entire time. That made you go, I've got to you know just like pull like my a, phone out and right right. Oh, I totally did. I did it within seconds. Like I was like, huh, that's what they're doing. I want to see what it is because it didn't even say what it was. It was like Coinbase or something, but it didn't say. anything. And that was it. There wasn't anything else to the no, commercial. There was nothing else. That's genius. I know. I thought it was amazing. And wow. it was like, and it was still like, it felt like it was like 30 seconds long. Maybe it was like okay. 15. But so how long I, I did the marketing really team debate whether or not to do that? Because uh, in and of itself, it was super easy and, and it was, I mean, it was remarkably low. I would budget. love to have been in the, the marketing team know, yeah. room when they're one, one person's going, that's a terrible idea. And somebody else going, this is I genius. I guarantee you there will be so many people that scanned that because there were a millions, lot of times, there were a lot of times of throughout the show that they, that they were like, yeah, and you can scan this QR code and download this app or get this information. But nobody or, does or it in that moment. But you don't have time. Because I didn't have my phone, like my phone was sitting down or it's in my pocket or something. That and is, take it, And you're like, wait, oh, oh and then it's gone. And so you didn't have time to do it. And this one, it like popped up and I was like, huh, that's good. That's really good. And wow. so I scanned it and it was a Coinbase uh, download our app or whatever and have our cryptocurrency wallet. And I wonder if I, thought it, I thought that was my favorite because it's like it was just like, you know, like when you watch the DVD thing and it's like, will it will it hit the corner? Yeah. Will it hit? <laughs> yeah. And then it finally hit the corner. And I was like, they did it well. I can get, they did it well. I wonder how many uh, people will try to do like a, a normal 20 or 30 second commercial 
you know, like next week or week after. And, you know, half the screen or a third of the screen is taken up by a static QR code, mm-hmm. which is, sounds terrible, <laughs> but it might be effective, yeah. you know? Well, and, anyway. and there's lots of them that are like, yeah, I scan this QR code to enter to win or yeah. whatever. Okay. But, so let's shift gears to a halftime show. Okay. So I, I'll start us off with this. Okay. And I, I I'm, anyway, <laughs> I knew this was going to happen. So I show up at one Super Bowl party uh-huh. from some of our friends from Colonial. And um, first of all, the food there was incredible. They're they're all my age or, or probably most of them a few years older. Okay. And so um, there was just great, great, great food. And so I wasn't even that hungry, and I had to try several things. <laughs> and uh, we can't be rude. And yet, I'm asking. I for fun said, "Hey, which one? Which one of the artists for the halftime show are y'all most excited about?" And I knew what the answer was. And they're like, "Who's on the halftime show?" And Mike, I'm Mike I'm Tarico listing them off. And I'm trying my best too because they're not my favorite artist, full disclosure. But I'm I'm listing them off slowly, and they're all looking at me like, "Who? Who? What?" And then one of them, one of them goes, "When's George Strait going to do the halftime show?" Mm. And I'm like, "That's perfect. That's a perfect reflection of the crowd I'm with." There you go. Yeah. And by the way, I like George Strait. I'm not going to not dissing George Strait. Then I drove from that party to another Super Bowl party, bunch of friends from Colonial, and I was by far the oldest person in the room. I was probably <laughs> at least 15 years older than everybody there, maybe 20 to 22 years older than everybody okay. there. And the halftime show actually started. And I'm enjoying looking around at the room and heads are bobbing and feet, <laughs> you know, feet are, are, are bumping and the, um, Eminem starts, you know, rapping yeah. and, and there's like five people in the room rapping with them. Yeah. And, and I'm like, this is such a fun contrast uh-huh. of, of people groups, you know? Um, and of course I felt really old cause <laughs> I was younger than everybody at the other party uh-huh. and I'm older than everybody at this party and. Anyway, did you did you personally enjoy the halftime show? Some of those those are your some of your favorite artists, aren't they? I uh, I personally, to the detriment of maybe my reputation around the church, I don't know, but I personally <laughs> thought that that was one of my favorite halftime shows was that I've ever seen. Um, up there with with uh, um, with Prince oh. and Michael Jackson, and those I are... mean, it, it was. That this is this okay. is my college career. So was this? This was the soundtrack to my college career. So was this? Was this number one for you on halftime shows, or was it like know. three or four? What was it? Like think it through for a second. I, I I've got mine. It wasn't. It uh, it was it was easily top five for sure. Top five. Okay. Um, I I need some more. The things that was like 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 Prince's was so good, and but it had several songs right. Yeah. From that artist. Yeah. This one there were so many artists. That you got like, it's almost too many. You got like think? a verse of one song, yeah. You know, and then it was the next one. And so a lot of lot of nostalgia because of that. Lots of nostalgia for yeah. sure. Um, but but yeah, this was this was one of my favorite. I loved it. It was, and I knew I was gonna love it from the second they announced it. I was like, that's awesome. And it was also it was really difficult because I know the lyrics and <laughs> I know right. all those songs, but they didn't do them that way because you can't on live television right. and. Uh, but it was it was I thought it was really good. I enjoyed it a lot. And then you know, and then uh, Fifty Cent hanging upside down. That was <laughs> you I like was that? impressed. I was you like, like that's that? good. Uh, but yeah, it was. I didn't know he was going to be in it. It was enjoyable for was me. Was there anybody else that was a surprise? I don't think so. Uh, the drummer, I forget his name. Um, he was uh, like he wasn't supposed to be necessarily in it or whatever. But would you but say? Yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll go ahead and jump in. Number one all time. I mean. I just don't think anybody comes close to Prince's in the rain. In the rain, it's just you, you can't, you, you can't, can't, you can't write it that, that way. You can't write that better. Um, and I'm not even a huge Prince fan. Like okay. I have a ton of appreciation for Prince, uh-huh. but I've wa- I've rewatched the halftime show on YouTube at least six or eight times in my life. Just going, this is amazing. Oh yeah, no, you I've, know? Sh- I've like showed it to my kids. Yes, and- <laughs> I watched it with my kids once, and they're like, they don't even know who he is. They're like, that's really cool. You yeah, know? right. This is the song, and then. Like there was, a, there's a really cool like, uh, I mean, it was only like like ten fifteen minutes. I think I saw it on YouTube, but it was almost like a like a short documentary about the halftime show. Mm. And it was really good. This will surprise you. I have U uh, two as my second favorite halftime show. It was okay. back. It was shortly after nine eleven. Um, I, it may have been. 
three or four months after 9-11. Okay. But it was really moving and and of course I, I they're my favorite band. I feel of all like time, I remember so. I remember Bono on stage, but I don't remember I don't remember the performance. They're very I mean they're very unifying with their sure. music, if I can use that word. And so it was what it was what the country needed, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I'm ninety percent sure it was right after nine eleven. Um but it was uh that's right up there. I can't say it's better than Prince because Prince was just iconic. But let's see, there was one there was one um a few years ago that was uh I think it was Coldplay was the was like the main one, but also had uh Beyonce and Bruno Mars. If you wanna get in yes. if you wanna get into like the that we okay you know, different artists that came together and they actually came together really together. well. I thought that one was really that, good. You know what? That might be top five for um, me. But yes. that was but that was one that was like you didn't get all of the good songs from right. all these different people. Right. You got, you know, here's a bit of this song and a bit of this song, and then here's all of us playing a song together. And, yeah. Um, huh. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. But so, yeah, uh, the Super Bowl was uh, Super Bowl was fun. Cool. Had some good food and, cool. you know. It's a, it's a unique cultural event. Yeah. Yeah. How's, uh, how is your fast going two weeks in? Uh, it's going okay. Um, I'm, I'm enjoying much more the... Uh, the prayer and daily mm-hmm. rhythm of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess to be transparent, the fast has been, uh, it's hard to believe it's 14 days in now. Almost halfway. Yeah. 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 I, I, I confess one of the things I didn't anticipate because we're doing this with nine churches with eight other churches, uh, and so many people, I love when Kelly, you know, Sunday morning said, who's, who's, who's experiencing awakening and all these hands went mm-hmm. up and, but, but it, it's just this weird inner angst for me about, okay, I don't think the Lord wants us, everybody talking about it. And, hmm. you know, it's that we talked about it before we ever started right. of just the, the command from Jesus to pray in a closet and don't pray on the street corner and don't let the left hand know what the right hand's doing when it comes to self sacrifice. And, um, and yet, Hey, don't stop meeting together, spur each other on toward love and good deeds. Uh, Hey, encourage one another. Um, and so I find myself, it's, I'm having a little bit of inner dialogue. I guess I'll use that term of talking myself back and forth. Yeah into and out of yeah. sharing stories. So even on the podcast, I'm like, uh, I know, but then how do you, then how do you do it communally? But then you how know? do you do it communally? Yeah, exactly. And so maybe it's, maybe it's just shared experience, uh, you know, and not, yeah, not necessarily I'm tooting my own horn, obviously. That's well, and the, you know what? That's exactly it. If, if picture this, if you're in friendship with someone who's pursuing Jesus, like you are, and you know, their heart, you know, they're not, saying, look at me, you know that they are really trying to faithfully, humbly honor the Lord. You want them telling you about their generous choice they just made. You want them telling you about their self-sacrificial choice they just made because it encourages you, it inspires you, it motivates you to live like that. Um, now, when you have even a splinter of doubt in your mind of what their motivation is, it's not good, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, like I know you well enough, Brooke. If I know that if you bought uh, a week's worth of groceries for one of your neighbors because of what they're going through, first of all, I'm 99% sure you would never tell me. <laughs> um but there's some small part of me that wants you to mm-hmm. because I'm not worried about what you're trying to gain from telling me. I want to walk away going, oh, that's from Jesus. Mm-hmm. I want to be more like that. So it's, it's I, maybe I'm going down a rabbit trail, but I think this is important. Like As we follow Jesus together, as we are the church together, this is for all of us, you know, we, we've one of the reasons we do life together is so people can really see our true motives and our humility and our 
um, the way God is working in our lives, including the good things we're doing, the good deeds we're doing for the right reasons so that we can encourage each other mm-hmm. and, and spur each other on toward more love and good deeds. And so it's this weird deal yeah. of... Well, and it's interesting because, like, I'm my my personality. Like, I'm probably not going to share that information. Right. Just that's just not going to be a topic of conversation that I'm going to bring up. And maybe even go, why? Why would I? You yeah. know. But I'm pushing back on that. Do you hear me pushing back on? Yeah. It? Yeah. I mean, I, I I do. Um, I get that, and, and I'm just saying that that that's you know my personality is just I'm not I don't I don't share, I don't share a lot of details about my life. You know, I find times that I'm like, oh, yeah, my family's going through something and I didn't tell anybody. Yeah. It's like, uh, it would have been cool to, you know, have our community praying for us or... or That's actually another great know, example. Or whatever, and so, I didn't do it because yep. I just didn't... It, you know, it's, it's, some of it's like it didn't even occur to me to... Well, that's a lack of... I'm just saying that's my personality. Yeah, your personality you know? is... I think I think where the heart is supposed to be in the slightly off-center part of your chest, you've got a big brick... <laughs> That's why I can't lose that weight. <laughs> Just extra heavy right there. Hmm. I can I can identify with that. I I mean, even to ask our whole church to be praying for my brother in this last season, mm. um, that's one of the big ones. Yeah. And so I do it. Yeah. I'm I'm desperate yeah. for him. But there's lots of other things I don't bring to our prayer team. Sure. I don't talk to our staff about. I don't and a lot of that's not good. I think there's, you know? I think there's also, I'm, I'm not saying this about you, but, but about me, like there can be pride involved, like, you know, I'm struggling with this or, you know, or whatever. And I just don't share those details with anybody because I don't, I don't want to, I guess. Yep. I don't know. So we, uh, we've continued our series through, um, for, for Awaken, talking about these, these parables, um, the, the, the lost sheep, the, uh, the, the lost coin, um, and, and now the prodigal son, um, I liked your, uh, your retitalizing, uh, or whatever that word would be. I like that word you made up. Yeah. I just made that up on my, it's, it's like <laughs> retitalization of, that's probably right. I don't know. I don't know. That may don't also either. be made up. I don't have any idea. Uh, so, so go, go back through. What is your, what are your retitles of these? Well, the first one was easy. Um, I, instead of calling it the story of the lost sheep, I really like calling it the story of the great shepherd. Mm. Um, the third one is easier. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead of calling it the story of the lost son or the prodigal son, uh, or as Rembrandt called it, the return of the prodigal son, I like calling it the story of the loving father. Okay. Uh, the second one's a little harder because it's still it, a lost it's coin. It's called the lost story of the lost coin. You can't, I don't think it does it justice to call it the story of the woman the searching woman who wouldn't give up on her lost coin. Like it just doesn't, there's no short persistent woman or as I would call it the story of God who, who is better at finding us than we are at getting lost or something. I don't know. It's a really long title. It's way too long. So it's just the story (laughs) of the lost coin. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's and, and this is one of your favorites. The, or or your favorite. The third story, well, Luke 15 rocks, and it's all one, you know, monologue by Jesus. Mm-hmm. But the third story he tells, the story of the lost son, the prodigal son, the loving father. Uh, oh, I, I I probably first heard about it as a kid. I don't know how old I was because we I grew up going to church. Mm-hmm. I know as a teenager. Uh, I just thought I was the young son. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's how we grew up. Yeah. Like growing up in church, I think we were grown up tell. Or we grew up being told that story, that expecting that as we grow up, we're gonna become this prodigal son, and that God is accepting us back. Like that's. Yep. I think that's the the lens that we were we were taught that story. Yep, I think you're right. And to that end, uh, I think the story of the lost young son and the story of the father's grace and forgiveness and rest restoration that has just spoken so loudly to me for 30 something years now. Mm. Um, what we're going to get into next week, uh, is the, the third character in the story, which is the older brother 
who never left home, who stayed home, and to me represents the longtime church person, mm. the, the person who did all the right things, and then in, in the story Jesus told is really resentful that his younger brother was so quickly forgiven and restored and celebrated when he's the one that went off and blew blew his inheritance and mm-hmm. treated treated their dad like you know junk and so i think i've spent most of my adult life wrestling with okay how how am i like the older son you know um so i i'm actually i i was looking forward to yesterday's teaching on the young son for many, many, many weeks because it's just, it's my favorite, right. hands down. I think I use the word favorite way <laughs> too much in my life, but without hesitation, this is my favorite story in the whole Bible. Okay. Um, short of the cross, mm-hmm. you know, um, favorite story Jesus ever told for sure. But having said that, I think next Sunday and really focusing in on the older brother is going to speak to a lot more of us right where we are. Mm. Um, I don't think at Colonial we have a room full of young sons. There's there's some young sons in the room. For sure. And we've all at some level been the young son. Mm. But I think we've got a room full of older brothers. And so I, I'm looking forward to, uh, to, to what we'll focus on together next Sunday. Yeah. Every bit as much. It's a harder word. It's a more humbling word. Mm-hmm. But it's really necessary. So of these characters in the story, um, maybe even including the older brother, um, which, which one do you say, would you say you, you identify with as the, uh, you know, as the young son that's, that's run off, as the father that's waiting to get him back, as the um, older brother that is struggling with watching all of this happen that he didn't have anything to do with and affects mm. him still. Um, you know what? If I can digress, I, let me talk about one of these books that I, I said I, w- I mentioned yesterday I was going to okay. highlight because because in, in terms of what this author does, I think I can answer your question. Okay. There's a book we'll put in the show notes by one of my favorite authors, and I know I said favorite again, but he really yeah. is one of my top five or six favorite authors, Henry Nouwen. Uh, Henry Nowen is not from the same background as as me or or probably most of our listeners. He's a longtime Catholic. He passed away in the I think in the nineties, uh, but uh, he's a longtime uh, author. He was the head of the religion department at Harvard and Notre Dame at one point. Um, so he's kind of smart, incredibly smart, mm. uh, but incredibly humble too. Um, his latter years, he gave up all of his academic acclaim and went and moved into, I don't even know if, yeah, you know this, yeah. moved into a community of mentally disabled people yeah, and just lived with them every day. And they didn't care what he'd written or how smart he was. I think that was in uh, the, the Wounded Healer. I think he talks about that story. Yeah. Well, he talks about it in more than one of his books for sure. Oh, I've, only but that's, I've only read a couple of them. The but. Wounded Healer is one, one where I think he really came to grips with, that's all I have to offer to mm. the world is the love of Christ. Yeah. I'm a broken, wounded healer. Um, so, But he wrote uh, a book called The Return of the Prodigal Son, uh, and it's based on Rembrandt's painting every bit as much as the original story told by Jesus. And and here's what now in uh, postulates and it's not this is not true exegesis from the scripture it's it's a it's a leap you could say it's based on Rembrandt's painting and Nowen's own prayers looking at that painting and just writing down different thoughts and, and of course he knows the original story from Jesus forwards and backwards mm-hmm. he's, he's a brilliant theologian but he says you can take this in. He says, we all start out in a linear way. We all start out as the younger son. And then as we experience God's grace and forgiveness, as we come to our senses and come home and experience God's grace and forgiveness, we become the older son and have the struggles of the older son that, that seep into our lives of self-righteousness and moral superiority and 
resentment, Mm -hmm. even of the way God's grace is extended to others. But as we mature in a linear fashion and grow more and more, the end goal and the end result for, for hopefully a lot of us is we end up loving people like the father. We end up, uh, extending God's love and forgiveness and grace like the father does. Uh, so he makes it, I don't think, I don't personally think that's the meaning of Jesus's story is that there's this linear progression. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's more of what you're saying. Hey, who do you identify right now? Who do you identify with in the story? Mm. But to use Nowen's terms in that regard, I think I was the younger son for sure. But I think since coming to Christ at 20, since giving my life to him and letting him take control, I think for the rest of my life till I die, (laughs) I think I'm going to continue to vacillate between Hmm. the older son and the father. I think I have many moments where I can see people the way God sees them. I am heartbroken for those that break the heart of the Lord. I can extend love and grace. I can self-sacrifice. I can celebrate God's goodness shown to somebody else, even though it wasn't shown to me in that moment. I, I think there's moments and days and, and maybe even seasons where I'm much more like the father than the other two mm. in the story. But I'd be lying if I didn't say there's so many moments and days and even seasons where I find myself, I guess you could call it regressing and, and being very much the elder son and, mm. and hanging out with nobody but church people and, and talking about things that matter less than, than what really matters and uh, resentful that the rain is falling on the just and the unjust and the sun is shining on the just and the unjust. And, um, and so that's a very long answer as I'm prone to give, uh, to your very (laughs) short question. I think it's not the younger son anymore. Um, it was, yeah, but it's, I'm oscillating often between the father and the, Mm -hmm. the elder son. How would you answer that question? It's funny you use the word vacillate. I was I, literally... said, I said oscillate the, the third time, but it's vacillate. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Did you say oscillate? It's vacillate. You're right. The fan right. that you. Ah. <laughs> oh, no, it's gone. Okay. Um, you know, it's funny you said that. I had that same word in my head, thinking, thinking that that's like I. I don't know that I could just say, oh yeah, yeah, yeah I, I I recognize I'm the, I'm this person. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm the older brother. I'm mm-hmm. the younger brother. Or the um, but I, I can think of different times in my life and different even different scenarios. Even now, when I I will go, you know, it, I'll, I'll just react differently, and and, be, and you can think about it as that. Oh man, I'm I'm acting like the older brother here. I'm I'm being frustrated. Or hey, I, you know, and I, I feel like I'm handling this situation really well, as maybe the father would in this situation. It doesn't mean that I do that all the time, but I liked that that thought of I, I don't know that I could just pick one. Like mm-hmm. I think part of life is being being a different one of those characters and and trying to grow towards the the one that you know the place that we should be and yeah um or that we're going towards maybe not we should be but but that we would like to be but mm. you know so I like that 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 thought of but all of them right yeah <laughs> all of the above at some level for sure maybe even the one that had to go kill the calf at some point but <laughs> yes not really i don't think i've ever done that I'm the messenger that went out to get the elder son. <laughs> hey, party's in here. <laughs> hey, FYI. I kind of want to be that guy, going actually. going on over here. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, this may be more than most people listening want to hear, but I'm flashing back to my hermeneutics class. That's a big word for um, that like I'd, the, nev- like, I'd never, like I'd never the heard Lord that. of the Rings? Like, no, no. <laughs> part one. of that conversation? Good one, no. No, okay. no I never heard of the word before I went to seminary, but it's it's the study of of how do we interpret scripture. Um, and so I had a, you know, I remember the introduction to biblical hermeneutics mm-hmm. class, which was fascinating to me. Hmm. Um, but one of the things we talked about Jesus' parables, Jesus' stories, and there's differences of opinion. Some scholars say every parable Jesus told has one point, one point. The end. And to extrapolate all these other points or to say it's got five points or to say it's got one main point, but six sub points or anything like that is not right. It's, Hmm. it's improper. But then there's other scholars who say, no, um, Jesus told stories that you can take multiple different learning points from. 
Uh, I lean toward the latter. Uh, I think you got to be careful and not, you know, read too much into read it. too much into. I mean, because if if what if what if Jesus had a central point and a couple of sub points, and he really wasn't trying to say, well, since he gave a ring, this is what it means, right? You know? And I I I am prone to lean into the scholars who who really enjoy looking at. Okay, Jesus is a master storyteller. I think he knew what he was doing when he included that detail and that mm. detail and that detail. I lean that way. Um, well, a lot of that, is, again, as we harp on this all the time, it goes back to the context of yes. that day. It's yes. like, you know, you talked about the, 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 the importance of that ring and what that ring would, could potentially mean. Whether or not you're trying to extrapolate a, this is what Jesus is actually saying here, it still has importance of context and... Um, you know, when, when they, that he was, that he was watching for him rather than moving on and, or that just the fact that, that, uh, when he asked for his inheritance early, like any of us with, you know, the, nowadays we could, we could write our own into that and say, oh yeah, yeah okay. Mm-hmm. You know, if I was to go to my dad and say, Hey, um, you know, when, when you guys, when you guys, when you die and you're going to pass something down, whatever that, you know, could I get that early because whatever I could, I could come up with a scenario. Right. But in this case, you know, for that to mean, um, I really don't like you and I wish you were dead, mm. you know, like those the kind of context we don't get, you right. know, can I, can I, on that note, I've been saving this for our podcast because I just, I think <laughs> this is fascinating. I've never heard another scholar point to this. But, um, you know, I, I, I tried to be intentional to point out how awesome it was that the father ran to the young son. Yeah. Uh, and that Jewish men, first century Jewish men, do not run. Mm-hmm. It's undignified. Uh, and, and back to cultural context, the listeners in that moment all went, <gasps> you know, they, yeah. they all gasped when Jesus said, and the father ran. Like, that's... Yeah. That's not something to be lost. To us, it's like, I mean, I run to the car because I'm late for lunch. You yeah. know, it's different. But I just want to read this short paragraph that I was I was doing some research. There's an author named Kenneth Bailey who, who wrote a story about the cross and the prodigal. It's called The Cross and the Prodigal. And he explains that uh, if a Jewish son lost his inheritance uh, among Gentiles and then returned home, that the Jewish community would actually perform a ceremony called kezazah, if I'm saying that right. And they would throw down a large pot in front of him. This is, this is so foreign to us, but they would throw down a large pot. It would break and they would yell, you are now cut off from your people. Mm. And it was a huge deal. Like you are ostracized from the community. And so one speculation on this author's part is why did the dad run in the story? He ran in order to get to his son before everybody else in the community. Interesting. So he ran and shames himself in the process because you don't run, it's undignified, in an effort to get to his son before the community gets to his son so that his son does not experience shame and humiliation and rejection. Um, hmm, and then after this, emo- he, this is what he writes, after this emotional reuniting of the prodigal son with his father, it was clear that there would be no kezaza ceremony. There would be no rejecting of this son, despite what he has done. The son has repented and returned to the father. The father has taken the full shame that should have fallen upon his son and clearly shown the entire community that his son was welcomed back home. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Like, I don't know. That's a, that's probably a great example of how far down the rabbit hole do you go yeah. with a detail that Jesus told in a story. But contextually, in the Jewish culture, this is, this is real. Yeah, in, re- in, a, in a shame... Yes. In an honor shame culture. Yes. So those kinds of things we don't how know. How cool is it that Jesus, excuse me, that <laughs> that the Father representing God, he runs to us shaming himself so that we won't be shamed. Like that's the story of the cross. Yeah. He he took on yeah. all of our shame so that we wouldn't be overwhelmed with shame. Like just a beautiful picture of of who he is. Yeah, oh, that's. I, I was saving that. I left that out of my sermon. That's <laughs> that was a good one. That's some good stuff, right there. I'll write that down. <laughs> okay, so you have you have another book over there. Are you going to share that one? With I have us? another book. Um, so already mentioned Henry Nowen's "The Return of the Prodigal Son." Strongly recommend the read. Uh, there's a much more recent book by Tim Keller. Tim Keller is another uh, well-respected author, pastor out of New York. Uh, Jordan 
our, our spiritual formation pastor is now leading a small group study this spring that's already started. I think it's too late to join. So, um, but it's it's on another one of Keller's books, The Reason for God. Great, great book. This one's called The Prodigal God. Subtitle is Recovering the Heart of the Christian Faith. So, The Prodigal God by Tim Keller. It's a very, very short read. Actually, both these are short reads, but Keller's especially short read. And it'll be even more meaningful to any of you interested interested in this third of Jesus's three stories in Luke 15, because he reframes it as well and really focuses on the older son, focuses on the elder brother. So in preparation for us to look at it together this weekend, or if you want to uh, order it now and get it in time to read after this coming Sunday's message, I, th- I think a real blessing. Keller digs a little more into some of the cultural context and uh, and really centers centers it on the message for us, longtime church people, us religious people, yeah, um, in a really helpful way. So I think it, when I think of non biblical authors on this story from Luke fifteen, I think of these two books. These are my favorites: Nowen's Return of the Prodigal Son and Keller's The Prodigal God. Okay, put those in the show notes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, the other, the other thing that, that was um, that stuck out to me that you you mentioned was that um, not just that he ran like that was uh, that was a great demonstration. I appreciated that um, you lifting your skirt and you like that, yeah, running around. Um, the the other thing was the uh, was that the father waited mm. um, and let his son get to that place. Yes. You know, he allowed him to experience the life that he wanted to experience, and and not just you know, kept him sheltered in this little bubble and just said, no, we're never going to experience any of that. He said, you know what, you have to go live your life. And then in order for me to be able to uh, rescue um, or accept you back or whatever, you have to be able to, you have to be willing to want it. You know, I thought that was, that was another thing that that stood out to me that you, that you mentioned. That that has stuck with me. I I think, I think the older I get and maybe even as a, a dad now, yeah, it's, it's, uh, there's a, there's a contrast in those three stories of willful running away. You know, the sheep was distracted or deceived and mm-hmm. wandered off. Not, not, not necessarily his own willful disobedience. The coin just got lost and forgotten. Um, and in both those stories, there's this immediate pursuit yeah. for that which is lost. Yeah. And what stands out, again, like I said a little redundantly, is when the young son willfully disobeys and gives his dad the finger, so to speak, and, mm. and runs it, it's a very sharply different picture of the father who just goes, okay, I'll let you have what you want. Yeah. And he is heartbroken un- undoubtedly and watches him get smaller and smaller in the distance and longs for him to come home and, and one of the scenarios in that story is that he never comes home. Right. That he never chooses to come home, dies before he mm-hmm. <laughs> comes to his senses. Um, and so to me, that is love. You know, as I think about my girls, I want to love them so well that I send them out into the world and I let them become adults and making their own decisions. Mm-hmm. And yet knowing that I'm right there to love them back as they'll let me, um, that's a different, it, it's love in the, love in the context of free will, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's hard to, you know, I guess it's like how much emphasis are you putting on your parenting then, you know, cause if you're going to let them go at some point, you have to spend the time to teach them. Yep. And love them a long time before that, you know, because even it, it makes me wonder sometimes, you know, and, and, you know, again, this is going way too deep into a story that he didn't he didn't tell all these details. But the son at the end of the day doesn't think, you know what, my dad, my dad still loves me. I'm going to go. He just thinks well, I could go back and my dad could treat me like a servant. You know, at least then I'd be at least have food on the table. Right. You know. Right. And I would want my kids to think. Ah oh, man, I've I've got to this place. I know my parents still love me, and yeah. um, again, extrapolating a little, probably too much, but 
Yeah. No, you're. I hear you. I. 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 I say this as a teacher. It's different. It's one thing to teach things, teach truths, teach from the scripture, even share opinions. It's a whole other thing to look in a crowd like I was able to yesterday. And I made eye contact with several people that either I know have been the younger son and have recently come home. Mm. Or I looked at some parents' eyes and I think of their everything from an estranged relationship with a child or a broken relationship with a child or a heartbroken perspective for some of their child's choices and oh it changes it i'm i'm teaching truth and at some level if i can use this word enjoying you know making eye contact with people who i know yeah. are tracking or know are are putting themselves in this story you know mm-hmm. I thought specifically of, of a couple in our church who's got, you know, a very estranged relationship with one of their kids and just heartbroken about it and been praying for them. And, um, you know, what, what are the, as, as they're sitting in that big room with Jesus, you know, what are they hearing God say? Mm -hmm. What do they need to hear God say? And part of me was even like, you gotta be okay with waiting. Hmm. You gotta be okay with, with waiting like God waits, um, ready to run, ready to embrace, ready to restore. But, um, there's too many other stories of us trying to rush in too quickly. Right. And we're, we're not, I, 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 I mentioned it in passing yesterday, but I, I think, I think my friends in recovery ministry get it more than most, hmm. you know, the interventions I've witnessed firsthand and on A and E, um, <laughs> Are filled with moments of uh, of a of a professional going. You got to let them hit rock bottom. You can't force this. You know, they've got to be ready and want help, or they they can't. Um, so, um, can I can I be a little bit vague and encouraging? <laughs> I I uh, you know I always want to respect the com- the 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 confidants. Is that the right word? No. Confidence? But confidence, yes. The confidence of people. I just wanted to say it like it meant something else, I guess. <laughs> the confidence of people. I won't use names, but can I just say, um, there were, uh, I got a couple Facebook messages. I got an email. Um, I got told a story secondhand from someone else about people I know in the church. Yesterday speaks to the power of this story, uh, the story of the lost son, the story of the loving father, because, whoo. It just, it met some people right where they are. Um, I know several people came up and, and wept and prayed with different people on our response team, different pastors. Um, and so I want to keep it as vague as I can with, I don't want to, I don't want to betray anybody's confidence or confidants. (laughs) Um, but man, I, it was just a reminder. Shocker. This is why it's my favorite story in the Bible. It just, it speaks to us so gl- uh, clearly of just God's love for us. You know, there's so many other aspects of doctrine that are important and truth. And he doesn't want us to just be lovey dovey and not grounded in truth, but Oh my goodness, his, his, his unconditional inexplicable love for us and grace that knows no bounds. I don't know. There's another story in scripture that speaks to it like this one. Mm. And so maybe one more book to put in there. <laughs> what's so ama- What's so amazing about grace by, by, uh, Philip Yancey. Okay. Um, it's not directly tied to Luke 15, but maybe the best non-biblical, uh, attempt at describing just God's inexplicable bend over backwards, welcome you home, love and grace. Great. A great book. There's actually a visual. I, I, maybe you can look this up too. There's a visual version, like with a lot of pictures and memes before they were memes, um, okay. back in the day. That's also under that same title. And I have that. So it's, uh, that might be a great gift for people to give to someone they really love and just wish, could better understand God's love and grace. Hmm. That just came to me. 
So you're um, not betraying the confidants that have <laughs> shared this with you. Or my bad grammar. But uh, is there anything specific that you wanted to share or just that it was really cool? Um, it's okay. I just want to make sure you have the option. Okay, I will share this again <laughs> without names because this is this is just fun, as a, especially for me selfishly as a teacher. I enjoy this. So we had somebody come with a family member who um, I, I think either never comes to church or rarely comes to church or maybe just started coming back to church mm. that's been going through the ringer and um, his own uh, young son's experience of some kind. Um, I couldn't even betray his confidence if I wanted to because I don't know his story. But but this was a Facebook post, so I, I know that it's not a, a secret yeah. in that regard. Uh, but one of, one of our gentlemen in our church who's a, a deacon and, and active, he just shared that he brought a family member uh, and by the end of the the teaching time, um, evidently was in tears. Several several of them <laughs> together were in mm. tears, and his family member afterwards accused him of calling me and asking me to teach this message, <laughs> knowing <laughs> that he was coming. The sermon request line. Yes, and it was so fun to go. Nope, nope. <laughs> that was just that was. I would attribute that to the Lord, God's timing. That uh, that's what I was happened to be teaching on. That's when you happen to stroll in, and exactly what you need to hear. I don't know how many times I've heard that story over the years, mm. uh, because when I hear as a preacher, as a teacher, when I hear someone say, "It felt like you were talking right to me," yeah, I know I wasn't. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> like it, like I don't have to wonder. <laughs> you know, I I'm a hundred percent sure I was not talking to you. Yeah, look what God does. Yeah. Like, so cool. That wasn't me talking to you. Like and there I re- wasn't anybody talking to you, nope. but it wasn't me. And I refuse to believe that's random, that's coincidental, because mm-hmm. it happens so often, so mm. powerfully. I have been on the other end. I have gone. It's not just because I'm a preacher teacher, it happens on my end. I have gone to other churches. I have stepped into different discussions and go, this was just for me. Mm. This, was, this was what God wanted me to hear. Mm. I don't know what all these other people came for. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> So fun. So that happened yesterday. It was a it was a very encouraging day. Um, Tanner, by the way, had a migraine headache. Was miserable. Nice. And you would never know. Yeah. The way he and the team led us in worship. I can't imagine having a migraine headache and jamming out to mm-hmm. loud music. That's right. And singing. So I'm. Yesterday was a good day. Yeah. So taking these stories, um, obviously with, with more to come and being in the middle of the fast, like as we wrap this up, like how do we, what, what, what do you want us to take from this? And, um, you know, in, it, as I said, in the middle of the fast where we're talking about, um, praying for other people and the people that were around all the time, where do we take these stories and apply them? I love that you always try to bring us back to application. Um, you know, of course, where do we see ourselves in the story? That's a that's a good, healthy place to start. Uh, I do believe. I guess I have two quick thoughts. One is we got to tell more stories. Got to tell more stories. Just like we're sharing the stories Jesus told, we have got to continue to tell our stories to each other. Celebrate what God is doing on our left and our right. Uh, I don't think. Most churches do that nearly well enough. We are committed to telling some more stories via video, specifically this year. Uh, we've got another one coming up in a couple of weeks. It'll be our third story in two months. We've got to do more of that. Um, and then even more importantly, I think, I think the reason we're in Luke 15 for this month is it, at some level, maturity in Christ looks like seeing people like he sees them. Mm. Um, I don't think he just wants to change the way I feel or the, even the, the disciplines and practices I have or increase my knowledge base. I think all that's important and all that's part of the maturity process. But I think a huge part of the maturity process of a disciple for me and you and everybody else is more and more and more and more toward Christ likeness, which includes walking into a crowd of people and seeing them like he sees them. Mm-hmm. So seeing past skin deep impressions um, and ultimately having what I would just call a heavy heart for people, just a broken heart for people. So people who have wandered off and are distracted or, or deceived to be 
heartbroken for them like the great shepherd people who have been lost or forgotten or hurt to to be heartbroken and and downright vigilant about pursuing them and for the younger son who has taken off maybe that's where we have been in the past to to have that compassion that who cares if he smells like the pigs and Mm -hmm. the prostitutes and who cares if he's not doing it right and who cares if he isn't 100 percent repentant you know we are going to love the heck out of him and and point him to the father who loves him unconditionally and um and so i think these stories from an application standpoint are to drive us to an openness and and even a commitment to um seeing people with his eyes which you can't force you just it's part of the maturity process you know yeah. i think i think i have to read that story and think about that story Jesus told a thousand times because it's like these tiny little incremental steps of him changing the way I see people around me. Yeah. It, it changes the way I walk into 7-Eleven mm-hmm. and see the cashier. She's not just a cashier. Yeah. What's her story? What's she going through? Does she know Jesus? Does she have hope? It changes the way you react to people too when something is not how you expect it or yep. customer service or, yep. or, a, you know, a quick reaction or a, a quick word or something that, that, that hurts. Agree. To pause and think, hmm, I wonder if they're going through something. Agree. Hmm. Okay. We got to pause the conversation. Okay. We'll come back next week. Good chat today. Yeah. All right. Anything else you want to add before we shut her down? Nope. Okay. Well, this is the E6 Podcast from Colonial Church. And uh, as always, you can get more information from uh, our app, which you can get in the App Store, the Google Play Store. We'd love to hear from you. Send us your questions, podcast at colonialchurch.com, and we will involve all of those in there. And as always, thank you guys for listening and, and giving feedback and sending your questions. We appreciate you being a part of this conversation. We'll pick it up next week. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody.